Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, welcome to Android Faithful, your weekly source for the latest news, hardware, and apps in the year-over-year increasingly made by Google world of Android. I'm Quentin Duet Dow. And I'm Ron Richards. And I'm Michelle Roman. Excellent. We made it through Pixel Week. <laughs> yep. Unfortunately, we couldn't be there like as the show went on, but uh, now we can talk about it a whole full week later. And we had to get somebody who was there, and so we're super excited to welcome to her first episode of Android Faithful... Miss Florence Ion, welcome to the show. Bring back that EDM intro. I was like totally oh, vibing. Dancing, right? I vibing. I can do that. Oh, there you go. There we go. <laughs> Melodic. <laughs> Dang. We are, we are very lucky to have really good music. Yes. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's so catchy and dancey. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> right up until my face goes on the screen, I'm just like this in the background, just hoping that I get a couple more bars in until I, mean, I have I to want, say I the thing. I want to get my glow sticks out. Like, I wanted to be a raver <laughs> when I was a kid, but obviously I wasn't allowed to leave the house. So that didn't happen. Same. <laughs> well, Flo, Flo, we're super excited to have you on the show, not only because you were at the Google Pixel event in New York City last week, but because... You're part of the fam. You're part of the, the, the Android fam that we've created here. So we're, we're super excited for you to come with us. Um, speaking of fam, a couple of things to promote since we forgot to promote it at the beginning of the show last week. Let's promote it at the, uh, we promote it at the end. Let's promote it at the start. So last week was Pixel Week. We celebrated Pixel Eve on the show last Tuesday. And then Wednesday was Pixel Palooza. 
Um, right. So when you join Jason on Twitch, yeah. Right? So if you want to just rewatch the entire, you know, event with our commentary and jokes or odd other noises, not not too many of those, you can check out twit.tv slash what was it news? I think it was, it was on the news. Twit news, twit news yeah. Made by Google twit- twenty twenty three, and I and, and if you miss Jason, you get both of us for like an hour and a half. So. And I'll admit it was it was fun to watch the Pixel event with my friends Win and Jason talking talking about everything. Um, but uh, it doesn't stop there because we got new fam, right? And uh, Michelle, what did you do after the event? I went on DTNS, you know, Good Day Internet, to talk about the show after it had already ended. That was a crazy day because it had been like nonstop. Here are all these new devices. Here are the new phones. Here's Android 14. Here's the watch. Here's the new buds. And like, oh my gosh, it was crazy. So then afterwards, yep. we just had to time to decompress and just talk about everything that Google unveiled. And now yep. we've had time to actually relax and, you know, actually parse, parse through we, everything that Google announced. Have we had so time we, to relax? <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> not at all. So you can go because back and Michelle, relive. Just today, you sent out like seven Telegram messages. Okay, I'm on that feed. I see you pushing bad news. Well, so you can go back and enjoy Michelle on DTNS. It's on the DTNS podcast feed, or go to YouTube.com/slash Daily Tech News Show. You can check that out. But we didn't stop there because I had to get in on the fun. And even though I was busy last Wednesday at work all day and I couldn't participate in the fun, I did uh, get on with friend of the show Miriam Jawar uh, onto Miriam's podcast to talk about to kind of recap the event and stuff like that. And you can go uh, find that uh, at WorldPodcast.com. Um, and Miriam's podcast is on there. Uh, Mobile Tech Podcast is called. Uh, um, uh, and give it a listen. It was a fun conversation. Miriam's always a hoot uh, to get uh, those opinions. But uh, yeah, so so you'd think that we'd be all talked out of talking about the Pixel event, but here we are. Um, <laughs> we did it. Uh, so Flo, what was the event like? Tell, give us give us the, the 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 boots on the ground kind of story there. I mean, the event was it was a sprinkling. It was a sprinkling of people. It wasn't as like big and bustling as I thought it was going to be. Um, mm. And I have to say, I completely forgot that Android 14 came out last week, partially because I was so busy with all the, you know, the coverage that I was doing of the hardware and, you know, the meetings that I had taken with Google, kind of like to look over the new Pixel stuff. And I would completely just forgotten that Android 14 launched. And I wanted to talk to you guys about this because it's been some time since the event happened and I've kind of been percolating on things. And I realized that with this pixel event that Google threw, there was very little Android present. Like granted Android is the bones of this whole operation, but it doesn't exist the way that it did as like an entity before. Now it's very much like the pixel, the pixel features, the pixel machine algorithms, the tensor in the pixel. You see what I'm saying? It's very like we, it's no longer about the Android OS. Like that's not what Google is selling it, anymore. It's very pixel forward. <laughs> yes. It's well, it's right. very Google forward really. Right. And, and, and yeah, it's well, yeah, it's very Google forward. And, and I think, you know, We've watched Google wrestle with branding for how many years now, right? And trying to, you know, because they 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 can't own 
the whole Android experience because so many other people are on Android. So they need to define, like I could imagine the conference room conversations they have about the branding and whatever agencies they're talking to and things like that, about how you need to own something and pixel you can actually own. Yeah. Well, even Uh, from the presence of the people who were on stage, like we had a lot of product managers, we had hardware managers, we didn't have Dave Burke and the Android team coming out to talk about like, here's all the new things, because most of what's being done that's like special is part of an app. And that ability is unlocked by a specific chip existing inside Pixel. Right? So it's like, the, the magic editor i think is the one that they told us about that's kind of like the big like ai one excuse me that uh is in google photos but it is only available for a brand new pixel yep when it comes out interesting observation i didn't even think about that michelle what do you think uh yeah i mean it is interesting that you know because google as you said they want to own they want to own all the features that they are releasing they want to tie everything to pixel there are a lot more features than people are aware of in the new android release but even so because google only decides to highlight a couple of them in their blog posts and their social media posts a lot of users aren't really aware of you know just how many features and changes actually go into each android release and i think it's a strategic decision by google to not highlight everything because you know they want to you know, push and promote their Pixel exclusive features and yep. are all the things they showed off at the Made by Google event, all the Magic Editor, the Video Boost, the, uh, what all, all the other stuff, Audio Magic Eraser, all the other stuff that they announced, all Pixel exclusive features. All None of them are it, in Android. Nothing to do with, like, nothing to do with the Android OS because at the end of the day, when you're going to go to a Samsung phone, it's going to be a different Android experience than we're going to get on the right. Pixel. Completely different. And yeah. like even the one OnePlus now, ever since the whole like Oppo uh, makeover with the UI, um, you know they really took after like ColorOS. It's yeah. it's a com- completely its own thing. It is. We're it back is where we started, very, y'all. Yeah, it's a very interesting thing if you go back and look at some of the other major product launches by like Google's partners, like uh, OnePlus, like Samsung, all these other product launches. They always have at least one person from the android team like go up and say something about the device right all these other they have like one person from android say something oh we're excited to work on our partnership with with xiaomi with samsung with oneplus and they talk about some of the features that are there but then at google's event it's all about just the pixel exclusive features and not really highlighting or promoting android all that much it's kind of like a awkward relationship they have well, so now now you've got my, my, my tinfoil conspiracy theory hat going on, <laughs> Michelle and Flo, because as we all know, Correct. as we've been tracking here and where in the world is Android 14, Android 14's rollout has did not go as planned. And there is a world that I can imagine where Android 14 was out by the time this event happens or was supposed to be out, and it didn't go out. And it ended up rolling out at the same time as the event, so it looks somewhat coordinated, but they didn't highlight that in a dramatic fashion anyway, almost to not call attention to it or not, you know, kind of, I, I just feel like they probably had a plan around Android and sometime in September they had to scrap that. And, and this is probably the byproduct of that. And this is, that's all speculation on my, my side. Well, I, I mean, no idea, I, but, I, yeah. I'm not speculating. That's exactly what I said on the day. <laughs> like there was a last minute bug they found that severely degraded performance. Yeah, and so which you can't to, have, and you can't. Oh, is you that can't why? That yeah. Is that your yeah. conspiracy, Michelle? Because I was wondering about that too. It's not a conspiracy. This is exactly. This is. I, I heard this like directly. 
I mean, like from <laughs> from someone I trust. Well, I just I wanted to bring it up with you guys because over on my podcast with Andy and Otko on the Relay FM Network Material Podcast, mm. uh, we yeah. publish weekly. Uh, um, we talk a lot about like this AI first approach that Google took, and I took down a very specific quote from Rick Osterloh where he said, "It's no longer it's it's about AI first. And it feels, it just feels like, okay, so Sundar came out and was like, everybody, Google's yeah. going to be AI first now. Alphabet's going to be AI first. So now it feels like every single division coming out of that campus now has to be like AI first. And so well, the Android so, brand just doesn't really push that. Well, so now, now, now we're getting into like rumor and all this sort of stuff, but I heard yes. from <laughs> a source I trust that that someone on a product team was work in Google has they pulled everyone off to work on AI solutions within their product See, I have to show that to, to show that yes. they can do it better than Bard to avoid integrating with Bard, which is like classic Google left hand right hand kind of stuff. Where like we saw Bard was the thing and blah blah all the stuff in I/O, and then you've got people within their own product teams building AI stuff with the with the the back end stuff to to do their own thing, right? Which is it's just maddening. It it's never not, ends. We're going to so. talk about some AI-powered features like later on, yeah. but uh, I don't know if you you saw the news earlier today that like, Microsoft is literally just bleeding money on AI. I think like twenty dollars <laughs> per GitHub <laughs> Copilot user. They're just losing money. So, like, like, what is that? Like, see how these companies seventeen ninety nine a month for something. <laughs> right. I mean, what? Like all these companies fun. are just throwing money at AI right now, seeing what sticks. Yeah. It's like and, a like, tech company version of we don't know if it'll or something. I don't know. I'm going to change. This is use for it. It's just like we don't yeah. know. Like they are, they are really trying to get ahead of the trend. They're, well, they and it's be funny because because it's funny because in another section of the company, there's a, a see now we're, we're completely. By the way, we have a whole plan for the yeah, show. And we're, we're completely off, off the rails. So, good, so good job, Flo. Welcome back. <laughs> Welcome back um, to another corner of the Google universe that I know and talk to people about and stuff like that. That there's a segment of the company that has been building AI tools for years and not calling it AI, and nobody objects or has a problem with it. And now they're pivoting to start referring to them as AI because AI is the thing and worried about is there now going to be backlash for these tools that are multi years old that they just never referred to as AI? Yeah, I mean, and that's like that's kind of a a marketing thing, and that's why people have to say, I mean, like Google's been doing AI for years. It's just that the way that the generative AI revolution, I don't want to even call it that, thing zeitgeist has has come forward it makes people change things and okay i've never worked at google i don't work at google i'm not i'm not referencing anyone that i know that worked at google but all the things and all the conspiracy kind of theories that y'all have i have seen happen with my own eyes at companies that have multiple products that you know have multiple okrs sometimes competing okrs competing products and overlapping mm-hmm. uh, fun- feature sets this crap happened. This shit. Sorry, I, I, I said on this podcast, this shit happens all the time at big companies. I've seen it now at least two of them. So I don't think it's so conspiracy. I think whatever you're saying, and again, I'm not speaking for anybody at Google or myself, but I believe all of it because that it, yeah. it, that's what happens when you have a company with so many disparate parts, and then someone up high says, "Hey, AI is our thing," and then everyone has to freaking jump because it's your job or your budget or whatever until you do. So better or worse, yeah, man. 
So, so I don't. I, I, I want to try to pull it back to the pixel event, but stay on the AI topic <laughs> because I was excited the day the, 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 at the end of the day of the event when I finally got home and my wife was like, "Oh, so how was it?" And Flo knows my wife, and she's not one of us, and and God bless her heart for even remembering there was an event. Um, but um, and I was like, "Oh, I want to show you," and I showed her best take. Yeah. And I, I showed her the, the video that they showed in the event for Best Take. So anybody listening, like, by the way, we're not going to recap everything about the events. You guys all, like, you, there, there, there's t- tons of people have recapped it. I'm sure you've all read it and saw it. Like, we know Flo did a great article on Gizmodo that was better hands-on with the Pixel, uh, Pixel 8, Pixel 8 Pro, and the Pixel Watch and everything. So we're not going to recap specs or you, you go back and read about the announcements. We don't have enough time for that. But um, I showed my wife the best take video and explained that this is the AI thing in Google Photos that can take a the best face of people in photos from a batch of photos and let you make the best one. And now my wife loves magic erasers. She thinks it's amazing. She uses it all the time. She thinks it's very cool. She showed that video and she looked at me and she's like, okay, now I'm horrified. <laughs> right? And it, wa- it wasn't about because it can do it. It was then we had a really great conversation, which I actually talked about with Miriam on her podcast too, which is, you know, what is real? Yeah. Right? Like, like, isn't, isn't the, like, we have toddler, we have four-year-old, two four-year-olds at home. The fun is we can't get a family picture where both of them are looking at the camera and no. smiling and one of them making a face, one of them looking, one of them blinked, what all this sort of stuff. And like now with best take, I can do that, but it's not okay. real. The moment is the, is it's the Simpsons, it's Homer grabbing Bart by the neck and that being the family photo. Like that's the real photo. That's the real moment. And it's like, do you want to put forward an Instagram reality of like this perfect life and everyone in my family smiles, or do you want to have the reality? And so like, it, like you don't have to use it. I don't have to use best take, but it was it, it horrified my wife actually, on a, like a sociological level. I actually so. think best take is the realest of the fake features, if you know what I mean. Because so, like best take <laughs> relies on like multiple captures of like you know at different yep. times, right? And then just stitching yep. two of those together, right? So at least in one of those frames, you had like both child making the face you want and you're just putting yeah. it together yeah. in the same image some of the other features yeah. though like you know magic editor yeah. we're completely replacing the sky right mm-hmm. that that was not yeah. what the sky looked like at the time you took the photo or magic eraser itself you're just erasing people who were actually there in the photo right like that's yeah. completely fake so i think best take yeah. is actually not supposed to be the most controversial of the features but for but some it reason still it still is though because it's, because because it's creating a, a not real moment Right, it's taking it's you know it like happened, not everyone but maybe like a couple yeah. of frames apart. Yeah, right? I don't know. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah so. well, and it fits into the zeitgeist that. of the conversation around AI. I should say that since y'all did initially ask me about the event, um, Google set out all these demo stations uh, throughout the venue where they had set up this. Um, this yep. uh, event and it, the idea was that you could go through each of these little stations and try out the different new AI things that you could do. So I went and I tried out like the audio uh, clear calling one so that I could hear what it's like to have a call in a loud subway come through actually is very clear. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Have, you know, yay. Uh, And they were also doing some demos for the photography portion of it all but that is like the one thing that's been coming up a lot amongst people is that best take thing and I don't know that I necessarily find it scary more than just like it's not about the hardware anymore yep. except when it comes to a temperature sensor 
Which, which oh, you... I completely forgot about the temperature <laughs> sensor. Which I was boggled I didn't even by. Think about it. I haven't thought about it since I wrote the well, piece last it, week. It, it almost felt like a throwaway when was it Rick who talked about the the temperature yeah. sensor? It's like, oh, if you want to check the the temperature of your pan, or and I forgot, and he mentioned the the, cur- the baby bottle. Okay, baby excuse bottle. me, very quickly. I have never had my phone near me when I was warming up a bottle. Well, or a and pan. The, the also thing was is that like dealing with bottles, I've never had a pair of hands enough to. Take the phone, open the app, and this point is what at the I'm thing. And, and once again, I go back. I go back to my my normal wife, and I say, "Oh, they added for some unknown reason. They added a temperature sensor to the front of the Pixel Pro." And she's like, "Oh, so you can take my temperature?" I'm like, "Well, no, we can't do that yet. The FDA hasn't approved it as a device to take yeah, even it's, temperatures. It's not yet. even FDA approved. It's <laughs> and I think that they're gonna do the whole thing with this that they did with Soli. They're gonna put it like they did in the mm. Pixel Four, and then next year you're not gonna mm. see any more mention of this temperature sensor. It's gonna probably be rolled in into a smart display." I, That's what they're gonna do. I can't fathom why they decided to to talk about that and not the fact that the Pixel 8's face unlock has been upgraded, which is actually low key one of the biggest. I didn't upgrades. even know it was upgraded until I read yeah. somebody else's article. It's like <laughs> this is one of the biggest upgrades. Actually, I think this is the only Android smartphone with a Class Three face unlock, which means you can use it for unlocking in banking apps or using it to make payments in Google Wallet. It's the only phone that I've seen that has that. Um, that level of security for yes, face unlock and it's purely mask. purely with a single front-facing camera and machine learning algorithms optimized yes. to detect whether or not your face is a real face and it's not just a photo of your face or you know if you're actually moving or not and like that's actually a huge improvement because all the other phones that i've tried that i've like checked what their security level is they're all like class two which is a lower lower tier of security for the biometric sensor so yep. this is like one of the biggest upgrades, and it is mentioned in their blog posts, but they didn't bring it up during the keynote at all, which is very surprising to me. Did Michelle? Did, oh, go ahead. What's the class of um, Apple's Face ID module? So the whole class thing is just a purely Android concept, like Apple's oh, just their okay. own thing. That's good. The class know. is just a way for Android to tier different biometric sensors. I got it. I got it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, and even like in the ch- in the chat, they're saying this is the first I've heard about the face unlock upgrade. And like Michelle, that's a great point. Like it was in the blog post, but it wasn't in the presentation. And like, is that you know, like, are they skating around the hot button issues that people you know, like? But to to all of our points, there's so there was so much packed into this event, and so much packed into Android 14, and so much packed into these devices that they couldn't get through everything, right? So it's probably good to hit on some of the other other things. Um, so face unlock was a huge thing. Um, the other ultra one. H- HDR and Android 14, right, Michelle? It's, that that right. one is massive, and I don't think a lot of reviewers are ready for what nope. that brings. Because nope. So what does that mean? We're so not. right now, the Pixel 8 Pro <laughs> Pixel 8 Pro, are the first phones to capture photos in the new Ultra HDR format. It's a new file format that's fully backward compatible with JPEG. I'm sure you're all familiar with like the ubiquitous JPEG, right? But yeah. what this does is it stores basically the JPEG, but with additional metadata that allows it to be shown on standard... Uh, SDR displays, as well as high dynamic range HDR displays. So you can have the same photo appear, you know, as normal on regular displays on your regular TV and your regular monitor, and then appear super bright, crisp with high contrast colors and everything on HDR display. And even if you're viewing this on video, I can't show this. You, you can't get this effect unless you actually have a phone or a display with an HDR monitor and you go to the yeah. example um, repository that I created for this. This is something you just have to see to understand. 
And once you see it, you, you understand, wow, this makes a massive difference just mm -hmm. in the photos we take right now. Because a lot of things, a lot of the um, issues with the current photos we take on phones is that we've been using like this old definition of HDR, which is just, you know, taking multiple photos and like trying to, you know, mix the exposure. And a lot of times you have mm -hmm. like this blown out sky and you have like this foreground mm -hmm. that's like, you know, kind of washed out or in, in contrast, right? You have a lot of these issues with photography. And then with this HDR, you can, you can kind of have both the best of both worlds. You can have a really bright, vibrant sky and also, you know, not have the foreground be washed out. So, like, there's all, all these advantages that um, uh, Ultra HDR brings. But unfortunately, because it's limited support and the fact that a lot of social media platforms and apps don't support it or they mm -hmm. basically strip out the data when you upload it, um, you're not going to be able to get that proper effect when you, like, see all the reviews on the Pixel 8 go live. So uh, if, right. I, if you want to see what Ultra HDR looks like, I encourage you to go to that Android Police article that I wrote and check out some of the examples there. Yeah, over at androidpolice.com, uh, you just search for hands-on with Ultra HDR and Android 14, the future of photography. Good headline writing there, Michelle. So, um, Flo, did you get to take pictures at the event? Did you get to play with the camera? How does it, how does it, how does it, how did it look and feel? Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's fine. I can't, um, you know, I can't really make an assessment without the yeah, tangible anecdotal yeah. evidence. Cause a phone will always seem really great. The minute that you pick it up the first time, it's just a demo there that you can like paw yeah. at, um, the temperature sensor, by the way, couldn't really figure out how to get it you know, focused on like a surface. I didn't really understand that. Um, I will say the one thing that I remember is that the UI has changed for uh, the Pixels camera app on the new yeah. 8 and 8 Pro. And uh, it's a little more streamlined, but also a little different. Now you kind of jump into a video mode instead of going into like its own tab, you go into a camera mode and then you choose between like the video and photo mode. And then that gives you corresponding settings based on mm -hmm. the mode that you're in. Yeah. Interesting. Iterative. Iterative. <laughs> it's, it's, so. Yeah. It's just, it's these little things that, you know, I think I There's just saw that on my Pixel mode. Fold the other day and I was very confused because I, I actually flipped around. For the, oh, did they update the camera? I, I yeah, yeah, because it, it's like a little toggle And it's flipped at the around, right? Yeah it's, yeah, it's a little toggle at the bottom. And so like this yesterday mm -hmm. I was cooking and I was doing videos and I kept looking for the video uh, menu item that normally you would drag to and I was like, what's going on? And it finally took me like looking at it for several seconds to be like, oh, it's now a toggle at the bottom. Yeah. yeah. So like, um, okay, right. never mind. Yeah, and the... It's yep. interesting that the pro mode controls aren't in like its own mode. It's like just that you press a settings button and it shows the pro controls there. Right. Like a lot of other camera apps, they have a separate dedicated tab for pro controls. It is. So, I don't. I can't decide, by the way, if that makes it more user friendly or not. Because I will say, like going into a pro mode on a Samsung device can be very intimidating if you do not understand. Oh, yeah. And I felt like yeah. what Google was presenting was a lot more approachable for. You see that okay? Do you For common shoot users, or right? JPEG, yeah. Yeah. you know. Do you want to yeah. shoot twelve megapixel or do you want to shoot fifty megapixel? All right. Um, so overall, though, after watching the event, breaking it down for the past week, phones, you know, the temperature sensor was a surprise. Face unlock, HDR was a surprise. Uh, thumbs up, thumbs down on what we've seen so far. Or I mean, I pre-ordered a Pixel Eight. 
So that says it all right yeah. there. Yeah. So, yep. I like the colorways. I thought they looked okay, good. Okay, hold on, hold on. I have, yeah. I have something to say about the colorways. I did not like that Google went pink with the smaller pixel and then blue with the pro pixel. I would have rather they just stuck to one hue or you just yep. like stick or the same offering name. across yeah just, yeah have it have it be some sort of blue like what they did last year they had kind of the lighter green mm. on the Pixel 7 and then they had the yeah. darker green on the Pixel 7 Pro I was fine with that they kind of matched yeah. you know and then the 7A came out and it was like you know this blue so I was thinking oh we're going to have blue coming next reluctantly yep. I pre-ordered a pink Pixel 8 not proud of it all right I I probably would have chosen that color too, though, Flo. So it's, and it was I'm, that or black, and, <laughs> black or white. And, you know, I'm trying yeah. to put color in my life. So, <laughs> all right. So let's move on to the watch. Um, Flo, I know wearables is a big thing for you on your side of Pixel Watch 2 hands on at the event. You know, not, not much change in terms of the look from last year, right? A lot no. of it seems to be inside, you know, the, the, the four pins for charging and the, and all the other sensors and stuff like that. But, um, Michelle, when anything that jumped out to you for the uh, for the watch and the Wear OS side, or Wear OS will finally let you like do backups on the cloud and also let you transfer between phones without having to factory reset your watch, which is amazing. <laughs> yeah, that that yeah. was a pain. I think any reviewer is jumping in joy at hearing that news. Yeah, yep. It made no sense backing up my Samsung watch and only having Samsung portion of it back up and not the Android portion of it. Right. And of course, Wear OS four uh, it was announced is now stable and available on the Pixel Watch too. So, right. well, so supposedly <laughs> this has got a better heart rate monitor because they it's it's called a multi zone sensor, so it mm. taps into more. I have to read a little more <laughs> into it because yeah. um, definitely when it comes down like to the internals of these wearables, I'm still learning a lot because you know fitness. Fitness for me is going for a walk every day. So, yep. <laughs> so understanding how this stuff gives me the stats, you know, I still want the stats at the end of the day. Um, and supposedly this is going to be more accurate than what was on the first pixel. Um, supposedly the Fitbit charge six is within the same vein. Like that also boasts a better heart rate monitor. So I think Google's just trying to, establish itself as like we're a wellness brand too by the way and look we do all of these things um but you know i'm so i'm so fine with what i have on the samsung watch how you know how am i gonna find yeah that just seemed like a theme you know with the pixel watch too right this is playing catch up so it has to have the stress it has to have the stress monitoring and stress letting you know it has to have the improved heart rate monitor have to let you know what zone it's in by the way we do sleep and whatever it just feels like catching up so i don't think there's anything astounding it's just like yeah you know that that makes sense and and so much fitbit i mean the fitbit integration is just like like hey we bought fitbit remind you we bought fitbit we bought fitbit you know and so um that's on there um, all right, we are running so long. Mm-hmm. Um, elephant in the room. No, it's not no. your fault. No, this is great. It's fantastic. Um, uh, elephant in the room, though. Seven years of updates. That was my favorite thing. That was my favorite thing. I was very happy to see that. But Con- turned out to be controversial. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's so, like, I remember. I think when I was on with Jason, he asked me, "So, what did you like?" And the first thing I said was seven years of updates because we've been talking about every single story that 
around the socioeconomic numbers, yada, yada, right to repair. And I remember seeing the next day, I think it was like maybe the next day, MKBHD put out a video and and like Linus Tech Tips and a whole bunch of people were like, well, yeah, seven years, but can you trust Google? They've canceled so many services. And I have to admit, I had such a weird, I I had a reaction to their weird reaction. I know Michelle, like you and like a friend of the show, Ben Shin, over everyone was kind of piling in on, yeah, why why is everyone freaking out about this? And I mean, like the gist of it is a lot of these, you know, tech media folks were saying, well, yeah, seven is great, but can you really trust Google? They've canceled so many things. And like uh, Marques on, on his video went through things like Stadia. And like, of course, we just talked about uh, Google Podcasts and stuff. And, and it, it honestly, it bugged the shit out of me. Like, honestly, th- this, this all bugs <laughs> the shit out of me. Okay, so this is just, so this is as my perspective. And like, maybe Ron, this is where you can chime in. Like, okay, I get it. Like, general yada, 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 mistrust of Google. It's a lot different to 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 say okay, and and even uh, Marquez was talking about the difficulties of things like Stadia and like trying to build a user base for a new product. That's a lot different. That's apples and oranges to saying we're going to continue to support a device for seven years. That's apples and oranges. Like, yep. and you and and if and, and if we went at that tack and and like questioned whether they you know the the the, the discussion was around that, I'd agree with that. But like. I just don't get it. It just feel it, it just really felt to me like, okay, now we're going to complain about this because I don't know, because seven years is great. Let's let's try to other side this. It, it just drove me a little bit nuts because it's apples and oranges. And mom, mom, like, I don't know, as a product person, building a new product and a new user base for a new product is a lot different than supporting something that you already have had for several years, right? Well, yeah, and I agree. I mean, from that standpoint, from, you know, the support kind of thing. But to me, my perspective on this was I thought the, I thought the slamming was a little unfair because Lord knows we're harsh on Google and we'll call them out when they kill things and all that sort of stuff that they're doing. But this is a promise for support for a device where if they go back on that, couldn't they technically be sued? Like, is it like, it like, is it, isn't that commitment? Like this is a, this is, yeah, this is like, there there could be a class action suit if they back out on that because this is a support structure kind of thing. It's not a feature thing. It's not a, Hey, we're going to have this gaming platform and you know, not enough people are using it or we wanted to, or, or, you know, we're going to create this piece of hardware that we're going to shut that down, whatever it might be like, that's up to their own prerogative. You've never had a commitment to keep putting out a product, but by making a commitment to support a product you put out, I believe they, that could be upheld, you know, by you know legally yeah like right? A, right. I, I mean i was gonna ask y'all do you know if i don't know is it a warranty is it legally bi- i mean it sounds i mean, I mean somebody all the sued businesses. taco bell for false advertising <laughs> and subway so for not like, having a foot long subway and right one. yeah exactly yeah, oh, well, yeah. That's good. <laughs> okay <laughs> these are all great points yeah, yeah. so but I, uh i mean I, certainly all the businesses that are gonna buy a pixel you know expecting seven years of updates will not be happy yep Definitely, and probably would take it to court if Google yeah, ended up yeah. not, you know. But see, this doesn't make sense to me because Google's just trying to establish itself the same way that Apple has among its user base, which is saying like our phone is super easy; you don't have to think about updating it. And like right. Apple did not promise that it was going to offer as many updates as as it did, but some iPhones it supports up to like eight nine years after the fact. Which is why a lot of the iPhone folks never feel a rush to update, and yet it still hasn't hurt Apple's bottom line. So I feel no. like Google is trying to like tap into that somehow, either as and, to like have that be a and, bragging right or to see if the, it actually the, works. 
the years of support has been a through line through this yeah. year. Like we've been discussing a p the different manufacturers. And of course I can't remember them because I'm old and tired, but like, I feel like we've already discussed this year. Like, Oh, this company is offering X amount of years of support. And of course, like hot off the heels of the, of the Google event, uh, we get rumors that Samsung is quote unquote actively considering, uh, expanding their security Which updates past can. five years, you because know, play, play playing catch up the there in that regard. This is something yeah, exactly. I actually, I was actually yeah. like wanted to bring up is like, Google's seven-year commitment is going to put a lot of pressure on other manufacturers because I don't think, like, any other manufacturer is going to be able to have the same level of commitment, especially for their low-end devices. Mm -hmm. Because seven years, yeah. like, just doing updates in general is very expensive. So, like, sure, if Google yeah. is not selling a ton of pixels, they're going to be bleeding money just doing updates yeah. forever, you know, for seven years. Yeah. So uh, I, I don't think, like, you know, like, Samsung's going to be able to do a seven-year commitment for their lowest-end Galaxy A-series phones, right? Like, they, they're able to do their five-year commitment for their upper mid-range and their flagship devices, and they might be able to do or even beat Google on their next S-series device, right? Their flagship, because right. they make a lot of money off that. But, like, all these budget phones you see on, like, you know, in, like, carrier stores at Best Buy and stuff like that, there's, there's no way they're going to be able to match Google at seven years of updates, especially because they're not selling that many and they're not sure. making a huge amount of money off them. Yeah, there's economics behind it, right. you know, so... Um, Anyway, that's funny. Also on the Samsung side, which I thought was funny, just Samsung playing Me Too, not yeah. only talking about those events, but but uh, actually, was it today or yesterday, uh, Samsung came out uh, to join Google. Look at Flo. Flo just rolled her eyes so hard. <laughs> and and Samsung, Samsung uh, getting in on the Get the Message campaign. They put out a video uh, shaming Apple, um, saying that green bubbles and blue bubbles just want to be together, be happy together, help Apple get the message. Um, and how much do you, like, talk about corporate synergy, like Google going to Samsung Samsung going, hey friends, why don't you help us with this? Let's get you know get them to do that. Um, it's just it's very me too, and it's just very funny. Not me too in the other way, you know what I mean? Like they, you know, will, like, <laughs> they will never convince. Like like Apple knows what it's got in iMessage, and even I'll admit, like if and when I leave this career, I may still have an iPhone after this because like being able to send high res photos. And receive them I, from I other I iPhone users. This, I can't go down this rabbit hole flow. I can't. I, I would, ra I would this, rather this just have much. two phones. No, I'd rather have two phones for the rest of my yeah. life to ensure that I get high res. It should work. It should well, work cross platform. But they. Yeah. But why would they? Because get bleep, but, get but by, but by having deeper. an iPhone enables it. Enables them. Florence, I expect better from you. I I agree. <laughs> I would love if they would just figure out a way to like enable some things and then have some things be you know, special. Just, like, I don't need editing. Yeah. Anyway. All right. So we're so late on this, but, um, event overall flow. Were you glad you went to New York? We get, we, we, we got to at least be in the same building for a couple hours. <laughs> yes, we did. Ron and I discovered <laughs> we... that we work in the same building in New York city. <laughs> Like the weirdness, the, the the weirdness just continues. Because Flo posted a picture like a block from my office, and I was like, "Hey, that's right by my office." She's like, "Yeah, my office is near here too." And she said the address. I'm like, "That's my office." And she's like, I'm like, "Oh, we're on the sixth floor." Oh, okay. Um, but we so, didn't get to meet unfortunately because I was rushing yeah, out. It was a whirlwind. It was a, it was a whirlwind. Yeah. Yeah. But was it worth go? Was it worth being in the room for all this, or worth you know being able yeah. to see? Yeah. I think it's important because I get to do this right after doing the Apple event. And so this is like my time where I'm sitting in in the brand's house, you know, to kind of like yep. see them and see what they're presenting. It makes me understand their hardware better as a person who covers their things. So, yes, for that, worth it, it was necessary and worth it. Cool.
All right. Well, we're excited because you're getting hands on devices. I'm getting some pixel devices. Next week, we'll be able to show them off and talk about it. So you might want to tune in next week. I'll be able to give you some hands on unboxing with the pixel stuff and flow. Everybody can, you'll probably be writing about it, right? On the, on the Gizmodo. Uh, I, I, I will be on vacation. Oh, okay. Even yeah, better. I'm, le- I'm so. leaving soon. <laughs> My time here is done. Very deserved. Yeah. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. <laughs> all right, well, we got some more news. Um, it's still Google-related, right? Uh, Michelle, you got this next one? Yeah, so at the event, Google finally unveiled the Assistant upgrade that we all were thinking of back when they first announced Assistant many, many years ago. This is the Assistant we thought we were getting way back, like 2014 or whatever, when it was first Mm -hmm. announced. So now we're getting Assistant with Bard. So you're familiar with Google Assistant. You're familiar with Google Bard. Now we're getting the both of them combined in this new interface. So soon, starting soon, on the Pixel 8 users uh, with users in the U.S., you'll be able to call up Assistant with Bard. And it'll be able to basically uh, use generative AI to respond to text, images, or whatever else you input into it. Like There weren't that many examples given on the uh, actual event, but uh, we were able to see some things like you have this photo of this puppy, and then you pull up the um, assistant with Bard, um, this floating UI, and then you're able to ask it to describe the photo of your cute puppy that so that you can post that on social media. So um, this is basically because because you can't find the words to describe a cute puppy. I mean, honestly, sometimes you just can't think of like the, <laughs> the best thing to type, right? Social media. What is the word I'm looking for? Oh, adorable. That's it. Thank you, Bart. Um, all I can yeah. think of is when I see this is this is what we all imagined Google Now on Tap to be. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like you want you want yeah. to call up Google Now on Tap, have it describe whatever's on screen, or like send us some prompt and have it describe your daily routine or your email or your calendar or something. This is yeah. the Google Now on Tap we all imagined uh, back when, but so way back when. So like, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm with you there. Thumbs up on the functionality. Thumbs up on the AI integration. Thumbs down on the name. 
Yeah. Oh yeah. It's long. I fully, I fully suspect they're probably gonna drop Bard and just call yeah. this Google Assistant in like it's, two years or something. It's gotta be. But there's a there's a there's a catch to all this, right? Yeah. It seems like um like according to digging done by nine to five Google in the latest version of the Google app that this will at least be limited to tensor-powered Pixel devices and the upcoming Galaxy S24, at least when this device, uh, at least when this service launches um, later this year. That sounds so, right. um, that's that might be because they're just premium devices or might be because there's some level of on-device processing done. We don't exactly know the full details of why it might be limited to those devices at this time. But uh, yeah. I guess mm-hmm. once the service it, launches, it, we'll be able to find out more details. Flo, why do you think it's limited to this? Well, I'm just thinking about the AI prospect of it all. And and I, I was saying, hmm, because if Tensor's first, why is Samsung going to be second? Are they going to do something with Qualcomm that will enable this ability? Is this... Because I'm also curious about like how the other uh, chip... Ma- um, excuse me, component makers will... Well, yeah, I mean, I guess you know. I guess the question is whether or not it's li- it's it's being driven to by the processor or to me it just seems like a marketing this is buy-in this is get the latest flagship from google and samsung and you get this cool feature i think i think it's fair that it might be a bit legitimate just because of and this was something that i thought was really interesting but it's it's one of those kind of like low-key like technical things where they i forgot what specific part uh off the top of my head now that rick was talking about it but was it rick also talking about on device on device models where the AI models will actually be hosted on the device. And that's kind of huge, mm-hmm. like being able to process yeah. that. So the, and, and I mean, we'll see how it comes out because they did have to, what did they, he say, like kind of pare down the models a bit, but that's huge for a lot of reasons for, were we talking about this before the show, that latency of like, you know, when, when, when yep. like we were talking about like yeah. latency a little bit before the show, but this and Michelle brought it up about, yeah. So there's a latency because when, you know, you have to ask Google something, Google hits a server and comes back, there's, there's a non-trivial and non-zero travel time there. So having it on device kind of mitigates a lot of that. And also in our increasingly security and privacy concerned world, having all your data stay on in your hands is a good thing. So I think there is a legitimate, I, I don't know, and, and to the to the degree at which this is legitimate, I don't know. But I think there is a legitimate um, argument to be made that you would need at least a flagship level, you know, AI compatible, friendly, if not AI uh, purpose built processor to make it a viable experience. Yeah. But yeah, also awesome. marketing. <laughs> ne- yeah. Never discount the marketing. Yep. So interesting stuff. All right. I need to stop talking about Google, but it won't stop because we had major news break as well today, <laughs> unrelated to the Pixel event. But I know when yeah. this is a hot button so for you. Remember how a few weeks ago we mentioned that um, among the other things that Nest Hub are lo- losing was uh, multiple speaker groups. And that was not because of the question around what the heck is Google doing with smart displays, but mm. around a verdict uh, that Sonos had won against them Last year, last year, 2020, uh, 2020, I think last year in regards to, you know, various, you know, audio patents uh, about a managing group of speakers. So last year, a jury verdict verdict was against Google, $32.5 million worth. Um, That got thrown out on Friday, October 6th by a U.S. District Court judge. And basically this judge reviewed the verdict and said, actually, no, 
And uh, basically, two of the patents that Sonus had used kind of as key points in the argument, the judge considered unenforceable and invalid. And there's actually a whole timeline here. And to go through it semi quickly, you know, basically, the Sonus's case came a lot from two, from patents that came from a 2006 provisional application. So this was a provisional application. And they didn't actually file applications for these patents until 2019, 13 years later. And Sonus didn't actually use the patents in any products until 2020. And in the intervening years in 2014, so between the initial provisional application and when they actually filed it, Google, you know, presented Sonos because they were working on a collaboration at the time with a some plan to use multi-room audio technology. So there's an there's a sense here that they were working together. Sonos did not have any products out, so that there was a collaboration here. And and furthermore, at some point before the 2019 application was submitted, they actually, uh, how did they say, discreetly made amendments. So apparently the 2006 application had very little substantive stuff in it. There wasn't an actual invention or actual kind of like spec in there for anything. They added it later in 2019, which apparently annoyed the judge. And so, yeah, they basically said, no, 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 like, no, just no. You probably didn't say it like that, but basically that was the gist (laughs) of the ruling is that no. And he basically, it it was very strong language, um, more or less saying Sonos did a bad they abused the uh, the trademark and patent system, and he overturned it. And of course, Google was very happy about it. They released an entire statement celebrating the ru- ruling and all the features they took out, like multiple speaker groups for your Nest displays, your Chromecast, is going to be rolled back. In fact, immediately, Google has said that they're all the changes are going to happen and go out to most devices. The Google Home for Android app within the next one forty eight hours. Um, yeah, and of, they're moving fast. Yeah, and they're moving fast. And of course, they have. Google, of course, said that, you know, the, who is it, the U.S. trademark and patent, uh, patent and trademark office really needs more funding so they can keep up with the pace of technology and increasing complex patents. And I had a whole rant here. If we had more time, I would be like, this is great because, yes, Sonos did a bad and abused the trade and patent, uh, patent and trademark system, but it does not do anything for me for Google kind of saying, oh, no, like, Oh, because dear. Google does the same thing with lobbyists they do the same as thing. well. They do the same thing. And, right. like, and yeah. Sonos did that because Sonos has to protect their bottom line. Their whole yeah. thing is a, it's a it's, it's a closed audio ecosystem that works really darn well, which is why they cater so much to like the Apple crowd because they're like, oh, premium sound, like premium design, and it works just perfectly with AirPlay. It is very hard to enjoy a Sonos product as an Android user. This is actually current. one of those this is actually like a trend that I see only accelerating as we go on. Like, you know, before we had a lot of audio products from Sonos, we had like Sony leading on the headphone space, but now yeah. it seems like all the leaders are the people who also make the smartphones, who make the tablets and the make the devices they have access to making the ecosystem. And like all these yeah, smaller bought, players who beats? don't who really beats? stand. Yeah. Right. Apple, like all these, Apple, all these smaller right, players yeah. are just getting like kind of crowded out because they don't have access to the devices that you use, you know, in your everyday life. They only make that one product and they're just hoping they can work together well with all the other products in your home, but they don't make every, all the other products in your home. So they don't really have any control over that. This is definitely like a, I, I think genuinely a blame the player, blame, blame the game, not the player. And that's because in my personal opinion, software patents and trademarks are a disease. Like it, it's everywhere. I've seen this in my entire career. I saw this when I was a student. 
it's 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 an awful system. If there's except, one except thing when you own the patent, if yeah, there's one thing we can patent. excuse you cursing over on the show, it's it's the patent system. It's Go it's well, it's bullshit, and and it is no longer <laughs> it isn't it, it, patents and, and trademarks are meant to protect innovation. At this point, they've just become the right. goal themselves. Like, well, that, 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 yeah, that's the issue. Is that there's, there's a whole there's a whole underbelly barnacle, um, you know, w- industry around patent owning and trolling and patent trolling and all stuff like that. Listen, I have patents. Yeah. And, and I, I would want. Yeah. I would want to. I would want. I would. And I'm very proud of our patent, patent. And and I would want to. I would want to. Def, I would defend it if you know it went applicable. But I'm not going around buying patents so that I can sue people who are doing other things. Like like you know, there there. I agree with you, Wynn. I think that the the patent system needs an overhaul so that innovation can happen. People yeah. can profit from the innovation they make and and adequately license stuff. But also, innovation begets innovation. Yes. Yeah. Right. And so you got to have a world where you can people, you know, on the shoulders of giants, people can yeah. build on the on the on the the genius of others and stuff like that. And it, yeah, it's just it's it's like copyright. It's like all oh, this no, it's, it's so challenging. I, yeah. I think like yeah. for you, like someone someone like, you know, you run in your patents is what the ideal of the trademark and patent system is like. That's the ideal yeah. meant to, you know, encourage people to and, and give them protection so they are not squashed by a competitor with bigger resources, better resources who can just do it faster than you can. But it's yeah. flipped it because now the big guys have the to- you know big guys have the tools and the toys and they're using it to right. squish other people. So I, I I'm not I'm not trying yeah, to rag on anyone. Sonos is, patents, is so. a big Sonos. Yeah, Sonos it's, it's a weird, yeah. it's a weird example because like I don't like their know, headquarters are in Santa Barbara. They got some nice <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's weird. A like, nice fighting life. this one with this case because they're both big. But and and there are like I don't blame you if you want to get patents and you need to get patents in certain things. Academia, right. you, you get a freaking doctorate based on how many patents you had. So I get it again. Blame right. the game, not the player. Am I saying that wrong? Blame the game. No, blame the not game, the not the player. Yeah, totally. I do think that there's some validity. I mean, like beyond the discussion of just like patents and, you know, how they are a game, I do think there's some validity to just like talking about Sonos as a company having to compete with Google, which can do all these things and right. market it in a way that it is like competing with one company's, you know, main thing that they do like that's their their sole existence yeah yeah they're so all that they yeah so extremely fair yeah and so all the only power sonos had was to say like no i'm sorry actually uh but, yeah, and they got to defend it. Like that's the th- that, like psycho like copyright and stuff like that. You have to defend it. Uh, it's all very complicated. Their stuff does yeah. sound good. I'm, I, the, you yeah, know, their stuff know. does sound good. People, okay, it, it yeah. sounds better than the HomePod. That's for sure. All right. Well, either way, if you're a Google user, a Google Home user, and you have speaker groups, you know, in a couple of days, yeah, you'll get them back. Is, yeah, so, yeah, this is great. So. Finally. Woo! Back. All right. So we're going to do lightning round for the rest of the show. So <laughs> everybody sorry. buckle up and hang in there. Um, uh, thank you to our patrons. Go to patreon.com, patreon.com slash androidfaithful. You get to help us choose a news story to presumably talk about or talk quickly about on the show every week. Uh, and this week we were talking about the uh, the rumors that Apple was investigating working with DuckDuckGo. That only got 17% of the vote. Um, it looks like uh, Samsung Wallet is going to start uh, supporting driver's licenses uh, inside of it, which is honestly huge. Uh, but that only got 12% of the vote. Nope. The one that got the, f- the winner this week with 71% of the vote 
note was the fact that there is a Pixel 8 teardown video already out in the wild. Um, the, the fine folks over at P- PBK Reviews, uh, mere not days after the Pixel event came out, got their hands on a Pixel 8 and did a teardown video. Um, and they go through and examine all the different components and all the things inside uh, the Pixel 8. So if that's your thing, did anybody, was anybody surprised by anything you saw during this video? Ron, that's not days after the Pixel 8. That's the day of the Pixel 8. The day of. <laughs> look at the, look Thank at the you for the correction. Yeah. You know uh, God's, You're right. It is. It's like, it's, it's hours after. Yeah. How do they do that? God's, crazy. God bless the all breakdown folks, because that's a, not an inexpensive piece of tech. So yeah. Now, do, do you think Google let them do this? Sorry. No. <laughs> no, you don't think you don't think Google let them like 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 it's a day of the event. No, we're all okay. Fine, I'm just I'm just exploring it. It's conspiracies, that's all. No, so. so can you go to the score? I want to see the repairability score. I don't I don't remember if this person posts like repairability scores. I don't know if they, they did. They, they do. Post, like, I've oh, written about okay. them before, but maybe yeah. they didn't for this particular one. Oh, I think okay. because they did it too soon. Yeah, I think I don't they're going to do a second part. It looks like we're going to tear down Sue. So this is like a, hey, yeah. look inside. We'll, okay. We'll tell you yeah. More okay. Later. Yeah. That's what yeah. I want to know about the repairability because remember, Google's really pushing yeah. this like, I, we're repairable too. We have stations yeah. inside Best Buy. <laughs> so this will tell us if, if it really is. Yeah. So stay tuned on that. Um, but yeah, I mean, but they, they go through and they show all the cameras, they go, the, the tensor chip, the all, all that stuff. So it's all in there. Um, it's, it's not enough. There's not as much room in here as the Pixel tablet. That's for sure. So, <laughs> all right. Well, moving along, um, we got we got a bunch of. We're gonna do some quick hits here. So, Michelle, what's the, what's the first one we got? So, Google said they won't be making a quote low cost Pixel phone, and I'm only saying that in air quotes because it's not an actual quote quote because the original source came from German publication The Standard. So we're all getting it through a Google Translate filter. Uh, but basically, the <laughs> VP of Google Mobile Business, Nanda Ramachandran, uh, talked to The Standard and basically said they have no plans to make a low-cost Pixel device. And low-cost, they mean, like, really low-cost, like $200, €200 Euro price point. Yep. And they never, they never made a Pixel phone that uh, cheap before. They have made, like, several Nexus devices that were kind of cheap, like, really, like, the th- mid-350s range, like, 399 but never a Pixel phone that cheap, $200 range. Yep. Um, and and citing that you know supporting AI, having a good camera, right. all the security right. framework, framework all jacks up the price. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Because if you so. look at the all, even all their cheap in air quotes devices, the A series devices, those still have the flagship tier Tensor processors, and they still have um, a lot of the same camera sensors. They still have a high refresh rate display. I think that the, the Pixel Seven A has a ninety but, hertz refresh rate display. They mm-hmm. still have so many of the same components and features and hardware specs of its bigger siblings um, that I, I don't see any way they could conceivably make a $200 Pixel phone and not have it be compromised, you know, in so many areas. And it also ties into but, what you mentioned earlier, Michelle, about the promise for seven years of support. Like yeah. Samsung and that other, would be really hard to do. other companies that do offer yeah. super low cost phones, it would be um, economically inadvertent. Not not a, not advantageous. Whatever the word is supposed to be. Yeah, advantageous. Thank you. Not yeah. advantageous to do. So, <laughs> Michelle, what is, what does this mean for the? Will there be no Pixel Eight A? Uh, no, there definitely will be. I mean, at least it looks like there will be because um, a couple of weeks ago we had a leaked hands-on image of the Pixel Eight A, and now we have full three D renders 
of course, courtesy of OnLeaks, who seems to get it's his hands pink on again. pretty surprise, much every surprise. single pixel it's device. Girl. <laughs> well, there you go. There's a blue one. There's a blue one. Yeah. The interesting Flo. thing about the Pixel 8a <laughs> is, one, it exists because there were some rumors that it might not exist. And number two, how round it is. Just look at how round yeah. the corners yeah, are. It, I encourage you to go fair. on um, you know, the, the site. I think it's Smart Pricks that leaked it this time. Uh, yeah. yeah, Smart, Smart Pricks, pricks with, on, yeah. with OnLeaks. And just look at the yeah. renders. This has some of the most rounded corners I've ever seen on a smartphone. It, it, it makes me think they're like making it match Android 14 like <laughs> pills or something. Just something like that. It's just, yeah. Um, oh. But, hey, there could but be some a, legitimates. Like, oh, yeah. really? Yeah. I mean, kind of. That know. sounds like something a design team would think to do. Yeah, like the, draw that connection. But yeah. it's important to note that the, the 8A is technically considered a mid-range, not a budget True. phone. So yeah. like the that, that article was talking about $200 phones where, you know, the Pixel A line is r- r- usually 4 to $600 in that range and the Pixel 8A is going to have the same Tensor G3 chip uh, as the other ones. It's a, they find cost savings in like, not the glass back, right? It's the plastic back and, right. and changes there. Yeah, so. Micro um, USB. So we still, yeah. Right. So the question is, no. <laughs> <laughs> the question is when when we see the 8A come out, but uh, it will likely probably be next year. But it, I I would be shocked if they get rid of the, the A line. So, um, all right. Well, moving on in hardware, um, can't you know all this talk about Google, a little bit of Samsung. We can't forget our friends at OnePlus um, because hey, they launched a tablet. Uh, the Another OnePlus one. Pad Go came out, uh, a budget tablet, um, it, it, you know, 11.35-inch tablet. Uh, it's got 33-watt fast charging, 8 gig of RAM. It's got four speakers in there. Um, this is really designed to be uh, affordable, and I believe it's launching in India. Um, so whether or not, you know, how accessible it will be to everybody else around in, in, in around the world, um, it, it, it will be questionable. Um, but the fact that OnePlus is, con- is committing to other devices and other price ranges, I find really, really interesting. Um, and this is hot on the heels of the, uh, as of today, the continued rumors of the OnePlus Open uh, being a real thing. We've already seen, we saw that video last week um, uh, of somebody holding the, the OnePlus uh, with the camera covered, uh, but then now we've got leaks of uh, photos of it with the full camera, uh, Hasselblad camera in the back and specs and pricing starting to roll out um, and rumored that the OnePlus Open will launch very, very soon, like next week even. Um, so we will stay, stay tuned to see that. Um, but OnePlus making moves. Another so. foldable in the in the wild, hopefully. It's not not a bad thing. Nope. I'm pro foldable. Love it. So we'll foldable see. Faithful. All right, cool. Cool. Um all right, and then moving on from there, uh, Michelle, you want to make sure we talked about Android uh, QPR one beta two? It's getting really hard to talk about this stuff, Michelle, by the way. Can you Oh yeah. Can you it's... talk to them about the naming? <laughs> Android 14 oh, QPR1 Beta 2. So another beta has released for the Android 14 QPR release cycle. And this one doesn't have that many changes compared to the first beta. This one has a new unified um, system updates page for Pixel phones. So now on this unified page, you can see whether or not your OS is up to date, whether or not your Google Play system um, update is up to date, which is the, the, the mainline modules. And you can see also whether your Pixel system apps are up to date. And some of the other things that are in the build is that the new weather app that's available on the Pixel 8 is now available. So this weather app is not the weather app that actually shows you the weather. This weather app is just a weather provider for other apps like the Google Clock app. So now if you have this app installed, you can get weather information in the Clock app on your widgets and your home screen. 
So it's a, it's a nice little in, like addition to the uh, feature set. I don't know why it requires a separate app. I, I think it's because they want to basically have it so the clock app itself doesn't request location permissions, but it's a neat little addition. Um, some of the other things is that there's a hint that they may introduce a pixel troubleshooting app, which will allow you to get quick help with various issues that you're having on your phone, whether or not it's overheating, your battery's charging, or your phone is charging slowly, or you have network issues. Um, this hasn't launched yet. This is like, there's a the app that's built into the OS. It's just been like leaked. And then there's some other smaller minor changes. One of them is Wear OS related. Um, there's a hint that you'll be able to sync permissions between apps on your phone and apps on your watch. So like if instead of like tapping a bunch of, do you want to grant this app a permission on your watch? You can just click a button to sync all permissions between the apps you already have on your phone and the apps that you're installing on your watch. Cool. Very cool. And you do a very uh, detailed breakdown on your Twitter, uh, on your X account or whatever the hell it's called now, which, by the way, I know like whatever, it's hard not to because if you're watching the video show, we're showing Michelle's feed where he's got his uh, thread talking about all this. It's hard to ignore the what's trending and the oh, fact gosh. that while we're doing the show, iOS 17.1 is trending oh, dear. At, the sa- at the same time as adultery. <laughs> oh, beautiful. I don't even want to know why that's hand trending. Hand. I know, oh, exactly. Yes. So, so anyway, but uh, it's cool. Some QPR 1 beta to goodness. Did I get that right? So anyway. yeah. well, well, not to be yet done with new features, but and we've kind of talked about One UI uh, 6 before, but it was officially announced uh, the day after the Made by Google event uh, on October 5th at the Samsung Developer Conference. So we've kind of mentioned One UI 6 off and on because it's been in beta. So a lot of things are probably not a surprise, but if you want to blow by blow, uh, Sam Mobile uh, over at sammobile.com, they have a great walkthrough video and kind of an exhaustive list. So, I mean, we're, I would let a couple of things that were my favorite, which I'm going to talk about, although the, the, the walkthrough is excellent, is a freely positionable lock screen clock. I know that doesn't sound like it. I don't know. It just seems like a huge deal for me because I it drives me nuts <laughs> that I cannot move the clock or that I can't optimize the space. But on one UI 6, you can actually freely resize and move that clock. Uh, and to go with it, everybody's got to have their own weather widget. So there's actually a new Samsung weather widget. Um it's important. Um, new multitasking improvements, lots of new camera improvements because, of course, they got to keep up with uh, Google. Uh, some great accessibility features, uh, new layout for notifications, a lot of you know visual tweaks and that kind of stuff. So anyway, for the full rundown, please go to sammobile.com and check it out. And if you're still rocking a Samsung, you know, let us know what you think of One UI 6.0 and what your favorite uh, features are. But yeah, officially not. It's not out yet, actually. It'll be out before the end of the year. But this is kind of like the official like, hey, it's coming. So, Flo, how are you feeling about Samsung One UI these days? Oh, I'm fine. I mean, I'm fine with it. Their foldable uh, interface is still my favorite. So, out of all the foldable interfaces, yeah, I use the, the Z Fold the over the Pixel Fold. Sorry. Wow. <laughs> when? When? By the way, Flo, I don't know if you've caught up with Win in the past, but she is fully pixel fold. she's a pixel fold girl okay but does the in. pixel fold have smart select it no, does it not not. i miss all that stuff no. i did say that my perfect phone right now would be this form factor with one ui on it so oh i'm so sorry how did that happen i turn sorry i turned the flashlight on everybody so uh right but you know um i do yeah i do miss one ui i do 100 percent. there it is 
All right. Well, that was a lightning round through hardware and apps, uh, but it was a very pixel big week. But we did. Uh, we do love to hear from you in the uh, Android Faithful community. We love you all, and we encourage you to email us at contact at androidfaithful.com, or many of our patrons have taken to messaging us on Patreon, um, such as this week's uh, email, which comes in uh, and says, Hello, Android Faithful team. I've been listening since episode one and all about Android for a long time before then. I recently spent two weeks driving around Ireland while on vacation and had my first real experience using Android. Android Auto. Overall, I felt it was a really nice experience that I wish my Tesla Q-Flow rant on non-physical controls on a car, which, by the way, that was not fl- plan flow. This is like <laughs> the, the stars aligned for you to join, um, uh, allowed me to use Android Auto. One big thing I ended up having issues with is that sometimes the phone in the car would not sync properly, so I could not use it. I feel like the lack of an actual app made it harder for me to diagnose if it was car, cable, or a phone problem. Other than that, I do feel like it had too many times when it would want me to interact with it while driving. Things like making my phone's notifications too big and asking me things about my drive. P.S. I feel like the, by the way, I feel like the Pixel 4, the small one, is one of the best Pixel devices, even with the battery issues. It was a perfect size and not too heavy. The face unlock was really nice and still has better accuracy than any of the under screen fingerprint readers. Um, and that comes from Ryu Manastis. Um, Ryu, I'm mispronouncing your first name, probably, I'm guessing, R-Y-U-U. Um, Ryu. Ryu. Anyway, but Ryu, yeah. thank you, Ryu, for your email. Um, and Flo, there's some Android Auto love for you, um, you know. Can I be honest with, with all you. y'all? Please, that's Ooh, why you're here. This is gonna, um, I, so I, I do have an active sim in my iPhone review unit, and I've been using CarPlay in the Subaru. Uh-oh. It's like, it's way more stable. Whoa. I mean, that's fair. I'm sorry. Like it's it, it hasn't it doesn't cra- like I don't sit I there it, like plugging and unplugging and going to like no, select fair, input. It's just you plug it in and then all of a sudden my Spotify is playing. Like the Apple Maps are actually kind of nicer now because they got the little 3D kind of, tilting going yeah, on. Yeah. It's one of those things where like once you find a stable setup, then you just live with that and like I, that's yeah. Your and so I'm like, oh, mom, if, if mommy's driving, which is me because it's a family car, right? I, and I'm mommy. Uh, <laughs> if I'm driving. <laughs> Um, I've been bringing the iPhone now, but part of it was also like the curiosity of CarPlay because I had never used it before. And you're 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 experimenting. It's yeah, okay. it's all right. We all, we, but I got I mean, so you could have done it in college, but you chose not to. But you know, so I experimented differently in college. But yes, so <laughs> Pixel Seven definitely stopped working with the Android Auto in the Subaru, which is why I was like, forget this. I'm just going to use the iPhone. I'm not going to even try and fix this anymore. I'm, by, by the way, I'm, in my, in, as we're talking about car and auto sort of stuff, so I've, I'm also got, you know, a proud Subaru driver, and I'm completely, even though I have the AA wireless yeah. uh, device and I have the cable, honestly, it's the the dumb Subaru heads yeah. unit software it's, it's and, a Bluetooth, and a Bluetooth connection. It's the car It's software. the easiest. Yeah. It, the car, it, it, that is the easiest, frictionless, seamless. I open up my phone, connects via Bluetooth. I press play on Pocket Cast and I drive. Or press play on YouTube Music yeah. and I drive. As opposed to doing all the nonsense. Even when I'm driving somewhere where I need to use navigation, I'm still just going on Google Maps on my phone and holding it while I drive as opposed to going through the rigmarole of, of connecting all. Nothing against – and this, by the way, this is different than Android Auto 
in head unit versus Android yeah. Auto being plugged, you know, an Android phone being plugged in to pull up Android Auto. You know, like those are two different experiences. If I had a car running Android Auto, that would be a different, I, I would hope that would be a different experience. No, I, but, I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm with y'all. I'm also a super, have proud Subaru driver. And I today, in the last two days, have <laughs> unplugged and replugged my phone or just had it not work about a dozen times. And it's, no. it's right? it, I mean, it's dangerous. And Bluetooth is so much easier. It's so much easier. They're actually, when I was last in town, when I was in town for, uh, io with y'all i actually was driving a different car that wasn't a subaru but it still had the same issues and then halfway through i'm like somewhere uh outside of uh san jose and the navigation just goes away and i can't unplug it and replug it and i've had to pull over before because of android auto just completely freezing on me and i'm just like on the freeway crying why does yes i was i was about to cry because that's like i don't know how to get i mean luckily i was mostly back to my hotel but if it had been like it's so nerve-wracking in a place you don't know and it was like very after we had dinner so it was like 11 o'clock at night and i was like yes So anyway. It's even more nerve-wracking because yeah. it's very dark in Silicon Valley. They don't light the roads very well down there. Yes. Right. Um, Michelle, do you have a car? Yeah. I mean, I, I use Android Auto. Well, you but drive a Subaru? Uh, I, you drive- well, I don't care. It is <laughs> no, no, a Subaru. No, no. You're, you're wondering oh, if you're all Subarus. No, I don't. I wanted to be a, 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 a Subaru bingo. So which you drive? Not, I mean, you Honda. just might make. You don't have to tell us model, but maker. Honda. Yeah, yeah. Good Honda. for you. Yeah. But it's actually an aftermarket yeah. Android Auto. That's why I don't want to say if it's like good or bad because it wouldn't I thought really he was going to be like, I have an aftermarket car. Honda Civic. I've got all <laughs> he's got, he's got He's got the, the, the thing on the muffler yeah. that makes it do the mm-hmm. wee noise and he's got the lights. Yeah, you the, got the lights underneath, the right? Underneath, Is it, like a whole kit and everything. <laughs> it looks like it's floating. Is that what it, Michelle? Or? We're no. just, we're not I actually, to your like, <laughs> yeah, I actually prefer using wired Android Auto over wireless because wireless I've just had trouble. But like I found a cable that works and it works consistently so i just been using wired and it works much more reliably yep for me. i agree plus cool. it charges your phone yes yeah all right well if you were using android auto or had any experiences with car driving anything please email us at contact at androidfaithful.com we want to hear from you also please tell us what you thought of the pixel event tell, like we need feedback come on people you aren't emailing us enough so uh get those emails in we want to we want to highlight come them on back the show more so. if yeah. you email here more often <laughs> and, and bonus points if you tell us if you drive a subaru <laughs> <laughs> or yeah. if, you, if you drive a Subaru and tell us. Yeah, yeah, totally, yeah. But, <laughs> if you drive a Subaru, um, are you happy with your purchase? I just you happy I just, Android our, Auto our, works in your Subaru? <laughs> our, our, our lease expired in December, and I just I bought it outright because yeah. I was just like – because rates – it was like it was, it was less money to buy the Subaru than to get a new lease for a new Subaru or get a new car. Like it was just uh, – it drives me crazy. Anyway. Um, all right, cool. Well, that's going to wrap up the show. Flo, how did it feel to be back in the chair in this with this little Android? You know Android the, I was gonna say this Android arena, but that's a different thing. So. Next time I come, I promise to be less stressed, and then that way I can be even more unhinged. I'm looking forward to coming back and like getting more and more comfortable. You know, with y'all have the new script, the new notes, show notes. You know, different way of doing things. Eh, little tweaks here and there. That's yeah. all. But uh, but Flo, you are always welcome. You're you are OG. You're a member of the family. So yeah, whenever whenever you want, you're welcome on the show. Um, but in the meantime, where can people find you on the internet? Gizmodo.com, and I am oh that flow on all the social media sites. Just don't come looking for me at X. I don't really post there. Uh, also, I have a website, florencelion.com. If you need to find links to where I am on the internet, that's a good place to start. Cool. And we'll look for you out on Gizmodo. Love, mm-hmm. I, whenever I see your byline, I always read it. So I'll give you the click. So Thank there you. it is. And I don't block ads. So Thank you. 
You're welcome. So, all right, uh, Michelle, where can people find you in your wonderful world of Android? So you already saw that I post a lot about Android on Twitter, but I know people don't like Twitter, especially these days. Um, I'm also on Mastodon. It. People still use it. I'm on Mastodon as I'm well. Paying I'm paying Michelle on Twitter. Threads. So. I'm on. <laughs> thank you. I'm on <laughs> Telegram, Reddit, all these other sites. You know, you can find me on pretty much any every platform where I post about Android. Almost the same content everywhere. Uh, but if you want to support me, you can go to patreon.com slash Michelle Ramon to um, support my work so I can continue to post about Android, get new devices, and just continue to post, you know, all the time. This is a lot of this work doesn't end up going as a blog post because, you know, a lot of it's just nerdy and stuff that not everyone cares about. So I just post it on Twitter, but it still takes hours to do all that research. So I'd appreciate, you know, throwing a few dollars if you could support would go and we appreciate your work, by the way, because oh. a lot of journalists in the, this industry actually read Michelle's work for fact-checking. So, support Michelle's and, work. And, and they embed his posts that we see it all the time. Like, yes. like Flo, the, the joke is when <laughs> Michelle's not on the show, he's still on the show yes. because uh, we're, we're talking about articles that, that quote him and stuff like that. So, yeah. bravo, Michelle. Yeah, so. and a lot of devs don't know about anything until Michelle posts it. Like, I, Michelle knows a lot more about Android than a lot of us supposed Android experts. Uh, I mean, That's I guess awesome. I'm more of a dev, but... Uh, well, speaking sure. of that, Wynn, where can people find yeah, you? Yeah, you can find me. And I do... I am an Android dev. I do application work. I'm a little independent now, but you can find talks that I do... Uh, accompanying video co code and what was the other thing? Video code and uh, slides sometimes when I do slides uh, on my website, randomlytyping.com. And in social places, I'm Queen Code Monkey. I still vaguely am on Twix, but I don't really, I try not to post there. You can find me. Twix. I've never heard I'm that. I'm Twix because I like that. I don't know. That's, yeah, that's, that's good. I like um, that. So. I'm on Mastodon, but un unlike all the other cool Android people, I'm at <laughs> Queen Code Monkey at mastodon.social. Uh, and yeah, just find me. If it's Queen Code Monkey, it's probably me. I got mostly on Instagram. I'm bad. And you can find me on all the socials, Twitter, Mastodon, blah, 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 all that fun stuff. Uh, I am Ron XO across the world. Um, Instagram. Instagram is where I'm most active just because it's just mm -hmm. pictures and it's easy. Um, but uh, I, I don't know. I, I want to be on everything more. I want to be like Michelle. Someday I will. But um, but while we're talking about supporting and everything, a reminder, everybody, you can go to patreon.com slash androidfaithful. Um, and we are on there as well. We, we love all of our amazing supporters. We appreciate everybody. Um, you can get on the, the lowest level you can get on is five dollars a month you get access to uh you get to vote on a, a, a news topic for us to talk about each week you get access to our discord um and then uh at ten dollars a month you get access to that ad free podcast feed so if you don't like ads in your podcast that's the way to get it um and we're we're linked up with with spotify now so you can uh listen to the podcast on spotify uh without ads which would be great and of course if you sign up at the 20 dollar level to be a friend of the show uh you get a you get a t-shirt which a bunch of people are starting to get their merch so listeners patrons if you got your sticker you got your t-shirt Take a picture, send it to us. We want to see it in the wild. I've yet Hashtag to see an Android it. faithful merch in the in the wild, but we're really excited because we've got some. It's been a crazy couple of months, but we've got some exciting stuff lined up coming up over the next couple of months as we go into the new year. Um, and we're really going to be amping up what we're doing here at Android Faithful. And we thank everybody who supported us to this point because you got us to where we are, and we're just going to go bigger in twenty four. So um, if you're not supporting, uh, please do. 
We'd appreciate it. Thank you, because this is not free. We don't have a network behind us anymore. Even though we work at DTNS, we still got to pay for hosting, website hosting, and all the other fun stuff. That I, I need a new mic stand. So there you go. So go to patreon.com slash androidfaithful. We thank everybody for your support. You all are the best. We love you. Flo, we love you too. Thank you for joining us. We hope to have you again on soon. Um, in the meantime, we'll wrap up because I know it is getting late. Uh, this podcast comes out every Tuesday night. And you can watch it on YouTube or on Twitch through the Daily Tech News Show uh, network. And you can go to androidfaithful.com and subscribe uh, and find all the links there. And until next week, we are Android Faithful. We're always Android Faithful. What do you mean until next week? You got it. <laughs> <laughs>Deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.